How's it going? I'm Xander Fryer, just another millennial corporate dropout turned entrepreneur. Since quitting my day job as an engineer just over four years ago, I built a multi-million dollar coaching business, mentoring seven-figure business owners, professional athletes, award-winning musicians, Hollywood actors, best-selling authors, and hundreds of aspiring entrepreneurs. I truly believe that when we couple the right knowledge with a strong desire for action, anything is possible. But most of us are never given the right knowledge, the shit you don't learn in college. The Sidlik Podcast shares interviews from the world's most successful people in business, finance, sports, health, and entertainment in order to help you live a life filled with more money, more meaning, and more freedom than you ever thought possible. Get ready to learn the shit you don't learn in college. Hey, hey, how's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. I'm your host, Xander Fryer, and today we've got my new friend, Todd Snively, on the show. Now, Todd is an e-commerce expert who's made over $100 million in his career in business. He's an e-commerce expert working with other entrepreneurs to leverage his expertise for their success. He's the co-founder of Expert University, an educational resource where he has authored over 50 online training programs helping others make selling on Amazon work for them. Now, besides perfecting an an automated uh, multi-million dollar business model, Todd travels the world, raises money for clean water in Africa, and enjoys using his commercial pilot license. His proven expertise and business acumen have granted him this lifestyle, and he reassures that he's not unique. Anyone can obtain this through his revolutionary business model and hard work. Now, in this episode, you're going to love listening to Todd. We talk about the big mistake that landed him a three-year prison sentence, how he's made over $100 million in businesses both online and offline in every space, the best way to make money online in today's economy, and the three most important characteristics to be successful as an entrepreneur. And don't forget, we only spread our message when you share this knowledge with others that need it. So if you enjoy this episode, please share it on your social and tag at Xander Fryer. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and give us a five-star rating so you don't miss any other great episodes. And for all of our Shit You Don't Learn in College fans out there, if you've gotten any value from this podcast, don't forget to go to www.sidlickbook.com, S-Y-D-L-I-C book.com, to grab your copy of the number one bestseller, Shit You Don't Learn in College, available now. All right. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. I've got my new friend here, Todd Snively, on the show. Todd, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. It's my privilege to be here with you, Xander. Yeah, I'm glad to have you. I'm glad to have you. Now, for, for everybody that doesn't know Todd, we're going we're gonna to dig into you know, a lot of your expertise in, uh, in Amazon and online business building and you know, over $50 million that you've made. Well, more than that in your career. Uh, but before we get started into you know some of the things for anybody who's interested in making money online, um, I'd love to just start off with a little bit of your story. How did you? How did Todd get to this point today? Uh, in you know, if you if you could give the concise version of that, it's a highway of broken dreams, Xander. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to every started growing up. It all started growing up poor and being told you know that we were poor and couldn't afford things and. You know, I should be happy with whatever life gives me and that. So that was the mindset coming out of coming out of the household. I'd spent some time in the Air Force. And when I got out, I wanted to fly as a commercial pilot, which I did for a while uh, under contract for the post office, UPS and FedEx. And I learned that I hated flying for a living. I love flying, you know, in general. 
but they took something I loved and they turned it into a job and beat the snot out of it. Wow. It was 1988. By, by the way, oh. I got I to gotta mention this to you. I, I was in the Air Force and I was going to be a pilot and I had my entire career lined up in front of me and I got a DUI my senior year and got kicked out. So you're, you're, you're hitting on some chords for me right now, by the way. Sorry, continue. <laughs> I actually had an appointment to the academy, which I turned down to join enlisted because I wanted to make sure I liked the Air Force before I committed to 10 years. And then I went back to the academy as an, from the enlisted corps. Yeah. So it was quite a, quite a bit of a journey, but I ended up losing my pilot slot because my eyes got bad. So oh, I knew wow. I could still fly professionally, but, but my dreams of being that F-15 driver were, were gone. Yeah. It was a bad deal. So, you know, I was making like $28,000 a year flying and this was bad flying. I mean, this was all at night, single pilot, dodging tornadoes and thunderstorms and being gone a lot. And I had three major engine failures in a 90 day period of time flying wow. that job. First one should have killed me. That really opened my eyes. The second thing that kind of pushed me over the edge was my brother dying in 1988. He was two years younger than me, 24 when he passed. And wow. I said, you know what? Life just kind of smacked me right in the face and said, number one, I better figure out how to make some money, right? And do it in a meaningful way. So that actually started uh, the entrepreneurial career. I had had one business prior to that that I was able to sell that financed all the flying lessons so I could get my commercial license and everything. And I thought to myself, well, I did it one time. I can do it again. And so I, that started the string of 12 successful businesses, all seven-figure businesses that I was able to sell, develop and sell. Uh, one that we did so-so ended up being like a six-figure business. And then one complete nuclear disaster, <laughs> which kind of, not only did it wipe me out, it almost made me homeless. And it wow. put me uh, $2.2 million in debt. That was, that was so February. Not, not only were you broke, you were more in debt than most people could ever even dream of. Yeah, and this is the kind of debt you, you can't walk away from or go bankrupt from or anything like that. It's, it's a debt owed to the federal government and, you know, and they wow. like to get paid, so to speak. So, yeah, February 2002. So, I mean, I'm, I'm literally... I don't know what I'm going to do. My entire yeah. you know, business is gone. Now, I do want to say it was completely my fault. You know? yeah. Now, back then, I wouldn't have said that because <laughs> back then I was, I was arrogant. I, I thought I could, anything I touched turned to gold you know, and that every, you know, life was mine for the taking and all that nonsense. And it, it took this, uh, this nuclear disaster to kind of put me in my place. And yeah, my, big, that big place life was learning like, lesson for sure. Yeah. And that place ended up being a really dark well, about as deep as you can imagine. And, and, and literally having nothing or worse, you know, being in debt. So it, it was from that point that I had to do something. And somebody suggested quite casually to me over lunch was, uh, well, why don't you try this uh, eBay thing? I've heard people yeah. can make some money on this eBay thing. And I'm like, you know, <laughs> I just didn't see, I just didn't see it. And so I was, Driving home, though, thinking, you know, what else am I going to do? So as I was walking through the house that, that I had just lost, we were literally boxing stuff up. You know, I'm finding all of this stuff laying around. And I started to think, well, maybe, I, maybe I'll sell this on eBay and see what that's all about. And to my yeah. surprise, everything sold for more money and faster than I could have possibly imagined. That was March 2002. So yeah. I went all in, all in. And 11 months later, had, had broke a million dollars selling oh, on wow. eBay. Yeah, so I was pretty sure then that there was something to this <laughs> selling products. At that point, at that point you'd you know? prove, proven a little bit of something, yeah. 
Yeah, it wasn't easy though. Oh my God, it was not easy. I, uh, I went through a lot to get to that point and a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Ended up selling that business in 2004 because I had started my next business, which was online marketing. Mm-hmm. Back in 2004, I actually had 2.5 million index pages on Google for all of these different websites that I had set up. Now, a lot of people that were around back in that day might go, yeah, well, I had a million pages too. You know, it was kind of easy back then if you knew what you were doing. Yeah. And I had monetized everything with AdSense, the Google AdSense program, which is still around. We still make money with. But back then it was like crazy. It was like 135000 a month, 155000 a month. Wow. You know, not, now it's not like that. Um, Google, you know, you've heard these Google slaps. I think I got the very first one. <laughs> they could have named it after me. They just woke up and said, yeah, Snively doesn't need two and a half million pages on Google. Boom. <laughs> yeah, that was 2004. And unfortunately, you know, I talked about that nuclear disaster in uh, February 2002. Eventually, it ended up in me getting a 60-month federal prison sentence, which started wow. in September 2005. So basically, I'd set up the AdSense business thinking, okay, I took care of my family. You know, I still owed millions to the government. You know, we're still paying the lawyers. We're paying it off, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was, it was, I mean, it's a financial mess, trust me, at that point. But, so here I am. I just carted myself off, you know, October 15th, uh, 2005 uh, to prison to just kind of sit on my ass. I ended, I ended up getting out after um, three years and three days. And by oh, that you said time, it was supposed to be 60 days, 60 months, 60 months. Okay. All right. Wow. 60 months. Yeah. Wow. That's, they call that counting the calendars when, yeah. you, when you, there's nothing to do really. It was, yeah. it was probably the most boring, dysfunctional little city I ever lived in for yeah. a few years. So, um, well, I, I did have access to the internet. It was it was the slowest uh, search engine, though. I would write a letter to my wife saying, "Will you please Google this and mail me the results?" <laughs> and so, <laughs> a week later, she'd uh, send me the printed out search results because I was trying to figure out what to do when I got out. Because she was explaining to me how Google had decided to, you know, we didn't need all those index pages, so the AdSense income just went, just fell yeah, off, just the dropped cliff. off. Literally, when I got out, three years and three days later. We had uh, $1,800 left in the checking account. <laughs> oh, man. And again, I didn't know what to do. And so a friend of mine said, well, the eBay thing went pretty good. Maybe you should try that again. So here it, here it was uh, roughly, yeah, October 2009. I started up the eBay thing again. And this time I, I was a little, um, a little more prepared for it. I had a better idea what I wanted to do. I'd made some connections that I went to as far as uh, getting products and things like that. And within the first year, we now we did $3 million in that yeah. first year. So that was great until 2009, I uh, discovered Amazon. Now, that's kind of a, a long story. I know we don't have a lot of time, but I discovered Amazon in 2009 and it literally changed my life. Yeah. Amazon at that time was a pretty good platform for what I called a wholesale buy box a selling. Now I wasn't, I did have my own brand at that time. Um, I was, I wasn't drop shipping or doing yeah. this arbitrage things the kids love to talk about now is nowadays, not a real business by the way. And uh, 
I decided to go uh, just do wholesale where I would buy brand new products from brands and uh, sell them on Amazon along with the other sellers and just compete. Yeah. Or back then they called it the future, the featured merchant. Now we call it the buy box, you know, yeah. whoever owns the buy box. So after years of selling on Amazon, I was starting to discover how that buy box actually worked. And Amazon made a big algorithm change right around 2012 that I kind of picked up on, changed everything again. It was like reading the newspaper as yeah. to how that buy box actually worked. Right around uh, 2013, 2014, I started to talk about it to a lot of other people that were struggling with the private label model, and they loved it. So I had a, I had a consulting business I, that I kind of got dragged into. Start, start Somebody you're, actually- you're, you're doing a really good job at this. Other people want to know why you're doing such a good job at this. Yeah. It always goes that way too. You start driving a new car, they go, hey, how'd you afford that new car? You know? <laughs> well, I did this. Oh, can you tell me how to do that kind of thing? <laughs> yeah. So somebody actually formed a Facebook group. It's almost embarrassing to say, but th they called it Todd is the Amazon boss of us and dragged me into this group along with about 400 people from this other private label group. And we just started, spent probably six months just showing people you know, what I was doing, how I was doing it. And they were having their successes now where they were failing with private label. And after about six months, I said, well, I really enjoy this. I think I need to start charging people yeah. for this kind of consulting. And that's when I, I wrote my first training program, of which I've written over 50 since yeah. then. And I actually have a book out called uh, The Amazon Code, where I actually tell my whole story and, and in great detail and talk about this particular model. But this model, for some reason, people just, they push it aside for the whole private label thing. They want to build their own brand, even though they've never done anything like that. Yeah. And it is so difficult and so expensive and so risky. I tell people, why don't you make the money with the wholesale model first? And then if you want to take a swing for the fences with private label, you know, then do that. Yeah. And, and that's kind of what I try to try to preach. You know, so so let's, that's the let's, position I'm coming from. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about that. So, you know, in 20, 2022, mid 2022 let's talk about like what what that means on amazon now like why why amazon and why is it such a great place to start for entrepreneurs and, and maybe what's one piece of advice to get started on it it sounds like the wholesale model is the way that you suggest going right and i got to be careful how i say this but uh you know our international pandemic did nothing but help the amazon people honestly yeah. i mean we sold three years of inventory in six months when this yeah. thing started to re remember how hard was it to get to toilet paper and paper towels and things like that. Right. Well, I mean, it, Amazon, every, all, anyone who had any inventory that, that had any, you know, real value was gone yeah. instantly. So now all of a sudden we run into these supply chain issues where they can't make the stuff fast enough overseas. And then they couldn't find a boat, you know, to bring it over. That's still a problem. Yeah. And, and essentially what happened is all the weak, all the weak Amazon sellers decided they were going to go back to a nine to five job, which, which was fine with me. Yeah. So the competition level right now is the lowest that I've ever seen it going back to 2009. Wow. And so the opportunities in wholesale are there. Amazon then made the decision back in 2017, 2018, that they were not going to actively pursue brands to purchase inventory directly. There's two big programs. There's like Vendor Central and Seller Central. Yeah. Seller Central's for third-party sellers like myself. 
Vendor Central was uh, for brands that wanted to deal directly, sell directly put to their Amazon. brand directly. Yeah. And Jeff Bezos said, you know, third party sellers are actually doing a much, much better job dealing with the brands, maintaining inventory levels, you know, uh, getting better pricing. We should just get out of that business and let the third party sellers do it. So now all of a sudden, there's all these brands and distributors that needed the third party Amazon that are, that are stepping back and needing the intermediary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they don't have much choice. They either have to do it themselves, which most won't because it's not their business model, or they have to hire you know somebody to do it for them and they don't like doing that. They would rather let a huge wholesale distribution company, a wholesale distributor manage that for them. That's what I'm seeing is happening more and more and more. So if yeah. you can get a good rela- relationship with a good wholesale distributor, and, uh, and cultivate that relationship, you could end up with exclusivity to some brands for the selling wow. of, of on, on Amazon. That is wide open right now. That's wow. the biggest opportunity. It used to be you would just go to the brand, they'd give you an inventory file, you'd run it through some software, decide what to buy, and it was just a simple relationship. Now it's more of a value proposition relationship. You're gonna get to, matter of fact, some of the sales guys that I've been dealing with, going back to 2009, same people, they still send me, you know, stuff at Christmas or they'll come by my office and drop off a, a six pack of Heineken at five o'clock, you know, things like that, you know, or, and, and we know everybody's, you know, kids names. And I know Dave's got a cabin up north. It's that kind of a relationship yeah. that allows you to do some pretty neat things like, hey, Dave, I know you're out of stock on this blue widget. Do you know when they're coming back in? Yeah, it should be about six weeks. Do you know how many are coming? Yeah, 630. Can I just give you a PO now for all 630? <laughs> yeah, sure. No problem, Todd. Cut, you know? cut that so, corner, yeah. Yeah, and that gives you advantages. I, I, like I tell people, selling on Amazon's a lot like life. It's a big friggin' game. And nobody yeah. gave you the rules in college, right? So once you know what the rules are, whoever knows them the best, has the best strategy, is going to dominate. It's no different than anything else. Why everyone thinks they can just be a millionaire on, on day one without really knowing much of anything still blows me away. But People are like that. Most of mine, I, I, I love that. I think, uh, you know, I, I think so much of it, honestly, that I've noticed goes back to like social media and they see this like, oh, this person built a business and this fast and they did it this fast. And one of the things that I love about what you're talking about, you're like, it wasn't easy. Like this, you know, back in, even back in, you know, 2000, uh, you know, what was it? 2003, 2004, like that was hard. That took a lot of work. Right. And then now it's like, this took a lot of work and that's what it takes to be successful as an entrepreneur. And I think a lot of people, uh, a lot of people aren't really clear on that or don't understand that because of what's portrayed on social media and, and the internet a lot of the time. Um, the average person, like a lot of people reach out to me directly because of the book, all right? Yeah. A lot of people still in their mind have this mindset that there's this super secret, simple, holy grail out there and they just haven't found it yet or paid enough people $5,000 yet, you know? But they're going to find that. And the fact of the matter is that does not exist. Yeah. Does not exist. Okay? And people, people spend and, more time in, in pursuit of this magic bullet or silver bullet or magic pill or whatever it is. They spend more money and time in pursuit of that than actually if they just put in the work to master something like you were talking about, they would get there. And I blame the internet. You know, I do. Yeah. I blame the internet. And then what's really blame funny is I'm going to correct you on the internet for all the money we're able to make from it. <laughs> 
Well, here's the thing. It's just a tool. I want to correct one thing you said earlier. You said I, I had made, I built a $50 million business. I've actually earned over $100 million, right, in my businesses. Yeah. But I did it the hard way. I did $50 million prior to losing everything and then $50 million and then, and then since lost, losing you everything. You lost it all and then you did it again, yeah. So I don't recommend anybody make $100 million that way. But to, the, my, to your point, back in the day, you know, we were doing direct mail. Now you got email, right? We were selling from the stage, which can still be done today, but now you got webinars, all right? Yeah. We were doing... All of these things using the vehicle that was available to us. I was the godfather of the 900 telephone number industry when it came to direct marketing, not the, wow. not the sex calls, not the psychic calls. <laughs> I developed programs like 1-900-INFO-LAW, where you could talk to a lawyer for five bucks a minute. I did Ask a Nurse. I did, um, oh, I did charitable programs uh, for the Marshalls Foundation with Clint Eastwood and Robert Stack. We did all of those. Those are the marketing tools that were available to us back then. People that aren't as old as I am think the internet is, is something special and all it is is a marketing tool. Yeah. The same principles and amount of work that it takes to pitch from the stage still go into making a great webinar. You still have right? to have those skills. You still have yeah. to have those skills. It's just a different And platform. instead of doing recorded webinars, I actually had cameras record me and Put it on a, what maybe I'm going to lose everybody right now, a VHS, VHS tape, yeah. <laughs> which we sold through classified ads, which was our sales funnel back then. So, you know, nothing, nothing has oh, changed, man. but everything has changed. But because of that, people think there's something special about the internet. There's nothing special about the internet. It's just another tool. You're going to have to work hard. You're going to have to learn a lot of things. You're going to have to invest in resources. So I have people come to me. They don't have a lot of resources. They're like, how can I make a lot of money online? So, well, the easiest way is to start with a lot of money. But if you don't have that, you have to be willing to do the things that you're not going to be willing to do when you have resources. So get that yeah. through your head right now. And, you know, this easy button thing is it's a myth. It does not exist. I, I, I think that's such an important philosophy to be conveying to everybody. And I, obviously, like right now, and I'd love to dig into this with you a little bit right now. Obviously, we're, we're talking in the online space. We're talking Amazon. And I know there's there's other ways <clears throat> you've, you've done so many different ways of, of, of building businesses and making money before the internet and, and on the internet. Um, I think right now we're in the middle of whether or not the media is, is admitting it. We're in the middle of a recession or the beginnings of a recession and, and a turn in the economy due to everything that's going on. I think over the next six months, more and more people are going to be heavily, heavily focused on starting online businesses. For, for those people that are wanting to get into that space, what would you suggest for the people that don't have a lot of money already? What are some of the, the best ways for them to get involved and start their own online business if they don't have the money? One of the easiest things to do if you don't have a lot of resources is to uh, purchase uh, consumer returned goods, used products, in essence, mm. from liquidation sources. So what you're in essence, doing is paying five to 10 cents on the dollar for something wow. that you can probably get 60 to 70 cents on the dollar, depending on its condition. Yeah. So, you know, so you have high margin, which you normally won't have in traditional uh, product sales. And you, you, but even better is right now there's more inventory available than anybody knows what to do. Just, yeah. just do a Google on purchasing consumer return goods and you're going to find out that there's an actual crisis about where are we going to put all of these. What are we going to do with all goods. this stuff? Yeah. Right. 
Well, the, and the short answer that the experts are, are saying is the answer isn't landfills or shooting it off into outer space. <laughs> the answer is recycle it through reselling it through the proper channels at the proper value and get it into the hands of another user. Yeah. Right? Get it, and that keeps it out of the landfills that much longer. And so that's a great business. I mean, this is a business, it's distribution, it goes back, it's this, one of the second oldest professions. We all know what the first is. Stay away from the first, <laughs> deal with the second oldest, all right? Which is buying something for a dollar and trying to sell it for two. Yeah, buying something at a lower value, selling it at a higher value. I know a guy, I, I actually trained a guy, I used to have a program, I don't sell this one anymore. Um, it was called Unsexy Millions. And I had a guy who bought the program and all he wanted to do were uh, telephone cases. So he would buy, you know, you can get like 300 uh, phone cases in like a normal box that FedEx would deliver to your front door. And he had his little office set up in the basement. He'd go down in the morning with his cup of coffee, evaluate every one of these phone cases. He had everything set up to list those uh, babies on eBay. He was making like 8,000 a month in profit. And this wow. is just like an older guy about to retire, working out of his basement, selling used phone cases. That is a very so, unsexy but amazing business. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So all you got to do is know where to buy that stuff. Know what is a value because you can you can buy stuff for 10 cents on the dollar and sell it for eight. <laughs> OK, you mean yeah. that that absolutely exists if you don't know what you're doing. So get educated. You know, um, this is also I'm going to just rabbit hole you real quick. That's my love hate relationship with YouTube. You know, there's yeah. idiots out there that say, yeah, you can learn anything on YouTube. You know, <sighs> don't 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 get a mentor. Don't get a, don't pay a consultant. Get on YouTube. You can learn everything. Yeah. If you have a spare few years to watch everything yeah. there is and get completely confused and see five different viewpoints, you know, Let's, find I, I something love, though. I, I have a mentor of mine that tell, tells me exactly that. You know, he told me, uh, you know, in, in the information age, it's all out there, but what, what isn't out there is enough, enough time and energy and focus to figure out what you actually need to put the energy into. And that's what, yes. that's what a good mentor or that really strong expert advice is for. Well, that's why people with resources are able to, I call it buying your way to the front of the line. Yeah. You know, if, if you can afford the right mentor and the right, and the right training, you're going you're gonna to save years, yeah. years of learning. But, and it's still going to be a lot cheaper than, than college, right? Yeah. Uh, don't that, even get that's, me that's the amazing, you know, that's, that's the amazing thing for me when I was thinking, when I first started my business, you know, I'd spent $100,000 to take myself through my UCLA career, and that put me in a career that I, I ended up not enjoying. And then after that, it's like, why would I even hesitate spending the same amount of money on something that would actually take me down the pursuit of, of being my own boss and doing something that really mattered to me? And it took a lot less than that to, for me to really get it up and running and, and make some good money doing it. So, You know, I've had well, well north of $100 million go through my checking account, and I still spend close to 80,000 a year on, uh, masterminds. Yeah. Uh, one-on-one -on -one call. I, I gave one guy the other day, 50 grand for one hour on the phone, you know? That's great. And, I love that. Well, now, whether it was worth it or not, I guess we'll see. <laughs> well, but, I was gonna say, you know, we'll find out. We'll find out when the, uh, uh, when the pays come in, <laughs> pay stuff. But all it takes is one good idea. You know, I, when I was, had the flying job, I remember hearing on the radio, one of those, uh, AM talk shows, they said, do you know the average person every year has six ideas that if properly implemented would make them a millionaire. And I said, mm. me, I have six ideas. I'm just not listening to myself, much or, less implementing. Once, on I, it, yeah. once I started listening, then I started implementing. 
and I haven't looked back. I mean, that was like the one nugget I picked up from an AM radio show. <laughs> do people know, you guys know, do I need to explain what AM radio is? <laughs> no, nah, you're good. You're good. You're totally fine. If somebody doesn't know what AM radio is, then they've got their own issues. Um, oh, goodness. One, one, one thing that I'd love to ask you, because you have, you have such great experience in these different areas, is it, as a starting entrepreneur, what's one thing that you wish you knew when you were first starting off? What's one thing that you think would have been so valuable for you? Uh, to maybe grow faster or be more sustainable in that pursuit of growth? Having the internet, <laughs> yeah. honestly, everything I did back, you know, people, I hope they know what libraries are. I mean, when I, when I started my training, one of my very first businesses after I was flying was real estate investing. I learned everything I needed to know at that point from the library. Yeah. It would have been so much easier to have the internet. The, I don't think people understand what they have with this thing, yeah. you know, from just an educational standpoint. But um, I think also, though, I wish I would have had somebody kick my ass over my mindset. Um, yeah. it, and it wasn't that I was um, a jerk. It was, I might have been, but I mean, it was more along the lines. I was really self-destructive and I took yeah. way too many risks and I didn't have the right regard or respect for authority. And this was all from my upbringing. You know, this took uh, thousands of hours of counseling and three years and three days in federal prison in, in to prison, figure out. Yeah. yeah, you have a lot of time to think. And, and I realized, you know, what I had done to myself. And it was just being self-destructive. So I wish I had been more in tune with the proper mindset that goes mm -hmm. not only with having a successful business, but a successful life. Yeah. And I was able almost despite myself to have success after success after success, which turned out for me to be a negative. Yeah. I really needed to hit that entire reset button and start over from zero, uh, you know, to be the man that I really wanted to become. So, oh. And I wouldn't wish that on anybody. But at the same time, I look back and say, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't wanted it to have gone any different. You know, I needed that pain. I needed that reset. And so a lot of people, matter of fact, I was talking to, uh, I've talked to three people that I could tell you that after talking to them, I said to them, 100% without a doubt, if you don't change, you're going to end up in prison, just like I did. One of them just went and the other wow. one went like a year ago. So, you know, people need to know that that mindset and the proper way of thinking and doing things correctly is going to help them out a lot. I wish I'd have had that. Yeah, and I th I, I love that because I think there's you know that's something that you can change, you can you can work on, you can grow, you can develop, or like you mentioned, if you don't change it, it's going to be changed for you forcibly, one way or another. Exactly. Yeah. Somebody asked me what I thought the best trait for an entrepreneur was, and and without a doubt, it's resiliency. And the good thing about that is you can actually develop that. You know? Yeah. You're not born with resiliency. Absolutely. You know, it's you're gonna you're gonna learn. But you have to have that. If you're not resilient, you're going to let every little problem knock you on your what, ass. What do you think? What do you think might be two two other character traits that are really important to be successful entrepreneur? It sounds like resiliency is number one. What would you say are the other top two? Well, they kind of go hand in hand. I think patience is is a big part of that. Too many people want what they want and they want it yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> You're not going to get that. I can't, a I can't tell you how much I resonate with that one. And kind of like what we were talking about, it's like, thanks to social media and everything like that, everybody thinks they deserve this now. <laughs> and self-discipline would be the other one. A lot of people have, they've never, um, not that they, 
maybe haven't worked for themselves, but they haven't worked by themselves. Being a solopreneur is a lot different than being an entrepreneur. Yeah. Everybody will generally start out as a solopreneur and they're going to, they're going to keep themselves busy setting up their office and getting the right computer and, you know, this, that, and the other thing. And they're not accomplishing anything with meaning. They're not producing they think, a result. Right. They think actually buying a $5,000 training program was, was doing something. Well, it's not. <laughs> it's not. All you did was incur an expense. What are you going to do with that training? Are you going to actually implement it? So self-discipline is huge. If you don't have that, you know, yeah. you might want to rethink this whole entrepreneur thing. I love that. I love that. So now, now at your stage in your career and, and everything that you've been able to, to do and learn from, you know, hitting rock bottom, going to prison, rebuilding, how would you describe success in life? What does that mean to you? time freedom. My calendar is mine and I don't do anything that I don't want to do. Nobody forces me into a time slot that I'm not a hundred percent okay with. Once you control your time, I think you are as successful as, as anybody can be. I don't care how much money you have, you know, as long as you're happy, whatever that is for you, and you're in control of your time and nobody else is that unless you've signed off like spouses and whatnot is that's a different yeah. thing. But uh, to me, that's and, when and you're to that, successful. To that degree, right? It's like I, I'm giving my time to that, that spouse or whatever because I want to do that, right? So, Right. But you yeah. get to the point where you realize you're, you're t- you, know, you don't have any more time, right? You can't yeah. make more time. So it's your most valuable asset and you better treat it that way. And that means if you want to spend five hours tonight watching Netflix instead of working on a business. When, when you're saying you're dead serious about starting a business and you got to get out of this debt and you got to do this and you got to finance college, you want to pay off your cars and your house, but you watch five hours of Netflix tonight. I don't believe you, you know, your time, when you throw your time away, you know, you're, you're really doing a disservice to yourself and, and the people that are depending on you. I love that, man. I love that. Todd, where can, where can people learn more about uh, what you do and get into some of your training programs if they're looking to get into that make money online space? Yeah, well, right now, especially with what's going on, you're talking about this pending or current recession and whatnot. A lot of people are looking at options and they're very confused. So what I've done is set up a 15-day challenge that if people think they want to make money online, it'll help them figure out the right way for them even if they don't even know where to start. So uh, they can sign up for the challenge at onlineexpert.pro, P-R-O, onlineexpert.pro. And anybody that signs up for that challenge, um, you know, I'm notified when you sign up. I will send you a personalized video message welcoming you into that challenge and we'll be able to communicate back and forth and make sure that you end up where you want to be. I'll answer questions you know, no charge for anything like that. We just want to make sure that you head in the direction that's best for you, not what someone else is saying you should do. I love that, Todd. That's been super helpful. I think this is going to be some really good advice for all of our audience, especially in such a crucial time going on in the world right now. Uh, so I really appreciate it and want to thank you for the time today. I think our audience is going to get a ton from this. Uh, and for all of our shit you don't learn in college fans out there, if you've gotten any value from this podcast, don't forget to go to www.sidlickbook dot com s y d l i c book dot com to grab your copy of the shit you don't learn in college book number one bestseller available now as well. Todd, thanks so much for being on the show, man. This has been great. 
Thanks, Xander. I had a blast. Best to you. Yep. Thanks a ton, man. All right. That's all we have for today, folks. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. And if you did, please share this episode on your social media and tag at Xander Fryer. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and give us a five-star rating so you don't miss any other great episodes. We can only spread our message when you share this knowledge with the others that need it. So we really appreciate the support. Thanks a ton.